You're listening to the Quince podcast. Billed as the last best hope to save humanity, the COP26 summit ended on a bittersweet note after 2 weeks of grueling negotiations and bargaining over language and provisions of the Glasgow Pact. Nearly 200 nations participated in the conference to make progress on slowing down global warming, but it was the last few hours of the conference where a handful of countries changed the entire atmosphere of the summit. A last-minute demand by India, backed by China and other countries, watered down the language in the pact which called for a quote-unquote phase out of coal. Instead, China demanded that the wording be quote-unquote phase down and India wanted the pact to only cover quote-unquote inefficient coal. But with no alternative solution other than countries voluntarily agreeing to reduce emissions, where does the world go from here? Was COP26 a success or a failure? Have we made any headway in limiting climate change? Joining me today to discuss the key takeaways of COP26 is environmentalist and climate change expert Chandra Bhushan and senior journalist Namanita Sarkar. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. One of the key takeaways from the Glasgow COP26 summit is how laborious and diplomatically challenging it is to get the world to agree on climate change. And this was visible front and centre in the closing plenary of the conference on 14 November where the conference president Alok Sharma could be seen running around from one huddle to another, discussing the last-minute changes demanded by some of the world's largest emitters, India and China. Essentially, India, along with China and a clutch of other countries, forced an amendment to the word quote-unquote phase-out of coal and instead replaced it with quote-unquote phase-down. They also further watered down the final agreements to read phase-down of quote-unquote unabated coal and quote-unquote inefficient fossil fuel subsidies. And according to one political report, this was apparently a deal or no deal situation with the Chinese willing to pull out of the entire conference if the demand was not met, stating, quote-unquote, we will break the whole thing down. And from the live summit broadcast by UNCCC, one could see the atmosphere change in the room from triumph to dismay. This one-word change was also enough to trigger a wave of statements of condemnation and disappointment from both rich and small island nations. Critiquing the change in the text, Switzerland stated that the word change essentially weakens the pact and makes it harder for the world to reach the 1.5 degree centigrade target. On behalf of the EIG, we would like to express our profound disappointment that the language that we have agreed on, on coal and fossil fuel subsidies, has been further watered down as a result of an intransparent process. Let us be clear, we do not need to face down but to phase out coal and fossil fuel subsidies. We were told in the stocktake meeting that no changes can be adopted to the presented text when we try to close a loophole in the market decision. The EIG does not want to risk that we leave Glasgow without an outcome. Therefore, we did not oppose this additional last-minute change weakening the outcome of Glasgow but we are disappointed both about the process and about this last-minute change, 
This will not bring us closer to 1.5, but make it more difficult to reach it. As a country which is at the forefront of experiencing the dangers of climate change, the small 60,000-person nation of Marshall Islands expressed profound disappointment in the change in the language. Thank you, President. On behalf of the Marshall Islands, I wish to read into the record our profound disappointment with the change in the language on coal from phase out to phase down. I ask that this be reflected in the report of this meeting. This commitment on coal had been a bright spot in this package. It was one of the things we were hoping to carry out of here and back home with pride. And it hurts deeply to see that bright spot dim. We accept this change with the greatest reluctance. We do so only, and I really want to stress only, because there are critical elements of this package that people in my country need as a lifeline for their future. Thank you. And these were two of the many statements which poured in after India announced the changes. Hearing these statements, Alok Sharma offered an emotional apology to the nations for the last-minute changes on the wording on coal. Here is what he said. Um, may I just say to all uh, delegates, um, I apologize for the way this process has unfolded, um, and uh, I am deeply sorry. I also understand the, the deep disappointment, but I think as you have noted, it's also vital that we um, protect this package. But how significant is the change from phase out to phase down? What difference does that make? We took this question to renowned climate change expert and environmentalist Chandra Bhushan, and according to him, the language isn't the problem since quote-unquote phasing down is on the way to phasing out. But what was lacking was a timeline to meet these goals. Materially speaking, it was it was an it was a non-issue. Okay, phase down is part of phase out which means that a country will have to first phase down coal use and then ultimately end it, which is phase out. So phase down, uh, phase out is the end of phase down. Okay. The issue is there was a no deadline in the text. So without a timeline, whether you write phase down or phase out is immaterial. So I am not sure why India did this what India gained out of it. So first of all, it is a non-issue on which people are discussing. Uh, uh, the, uh, without deadline, this, this differentiation doesn't make a difference Okay, between phase out and phase down. The second issue is this word change had no materiality for India because again, there is a no deadline. So it will, by changing from phase out to phase down, India, it is not going to affect India's energy trajectory or, or, or growth prospect, okay? And last point is it, what it actually did was that it maligned India's image. Fact is that China wanted this, US wanted this, and they fired from our, our shoulder. And we were naive enough 
to be uh, you know at the front line and and therefore china which consumes 50% of of world's coal uh, is likely to get affected the most sat pretty and and we have got the flag of the world so it wasn't a good diplomacy in any case okay uh, it was uh, the issue is not that we got this changed because you know as i said it is immaterial uh, the issue is how we did it and should we have been the coal champions rather than china so china as i said benefited out of this whereas we got the flag what was also clear from the climate conference was a consensus from all participants that time is running out and that all nations need to do a lot more when the conference was opened 2 weeks ago by un secretary general antonio guterres he said that the goal of limiting temperatures to 1.5 degrees centigrade must be kept alive while climate activists were quick to brand the summit as a failure with greta thunberg summarizing it as quote unquote blah 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 there were a few significant milestones hit in the summit here are the four defining pacts achieved in glasgow first mitigation countries agreed that to achieve the 1.5 degree target they must continue to strengthen the 2013 climate action plans and convene every year to reexamine them this is also the part where they agreed to quote unquote phase down coal second adaptation all countries especially wealthy countries agreed that immediate money technology and capacity building needs to be provided to the countries who are already facing the wrath of climate change this also includes a recommitment of at least 100 billion dollars every year to support this adaptation however it is important to note that this 100 billion dollar commitment has been carried forward year after year since the 2015 paris agreement and so far countries have failed to fulfill this promise third is forest the critical role which forests play to keep warming under control was highlighted and more than 100 world leaders promised to end and reverse deforestation by 2030 this pledge also includes allocation of 19 billion dollars to meet this goal and lastly methane this was one of the major agreements reached at the conference with 107 countries pledging to reduce methane emissions by 30% by 2030 however some of the main emitters like iran and russia refused to sign the pledge but what was pertinently missing according to senior journalist nambanita sarkar was any pledge or agreements on water security now the glasgow climate pact which i hope the countries uh, adhere to it it includes a doubling of money for adaptation by 2025 from the 2019 uh, levels which is a progress in this area but don't forget that 100 billion dollar target is still off track and it's likely only to be met by 2023 so you know that is what is important will they uh, maintain that level of funding annually uh, the other point that is very important is which was missing uh, was the global water crisis uh, this was missing from the uh, cop 26 because climate crisis and i think water uh, crisis they go hand in hand and the future climate negotiations can't just ignore increasing water insecurity as that will be counterproductive because don't forget the impact of climate change on water resources has a tremendous effect on the health and livelihood of societies and poses challenges to uh, humans nations uh, you know whether it's regional or global security so i think uh, and also providing um, ample financial support and technical support for developing countries to adapt to the water insecurity situation because that's already causing havoc and we don't want a situation where it can spur water wars 
So hopefully these things will be taken into account at the COP27 uh, in, in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. I mean, one is just hoping. Though all these pledges are significant and will make a difference if countries truly act on them, a report by independent think tank Climate Action Tracker says that it is not even nearly enough to meet the 1.5 degree target. The report, published midway through the conference on 9 November, states that there is a quote-unquote massive credibility, action and commitment gap and that despite the pledges made at Glasgow, the global greenhouse emissions will still be around twice as high as necessary for the 1.5 degree centigrade limit. It also provides a worrying conclusion that even if all the pledges are completely met, including the net zero pledges, the world will still be at 1.8 degrees Celsius by the year 2100. It adds that, quote-unquote, if governments are serious about the Paris Agreement temperature limit and their own net zero goals, they need to translate those long-term goals into net zero aligned ambitious 2030 targets and implement the necessary policies today, end quote. Adding that, quote-unquote, until this happens, there is no cause for celebration. So, are we even close to avoiding a climate crisis? Or has COP26 failed altogether? Mr. Bhushan, Vaisen. Well, considering the fact that uh, post-Paris Agreement in 2015, U.S. had walked away from the agreement. And the four years of Trump's administration was really bad for multilateralism, uh, especially uh, climate change multilateralism. If you consider that in the background, then Glasgow was a super hit because four years uh, of Trump administration was a complete washout. So I think we have to judge in terms of what we had in the last four years and then see what we have achieved at Glasgow. And as I have written about it, that Glasgow did not give everything to everyone but it certainly gave enough to keep the hope alive, which means it has kept the multilateralism in place. It has both developed and developed countries, developing countries, uh, uh, you know, cross the aisles, uh, they compromised uh, to ensure that multilateralism survives. And it did. And there are enough uh, provisions in the decisions uh, which will be operationalized, some will be difficult, but some can be easily operationalized and achieved. So it is not just hope and text. There are enough decisions uh, in the Glasgow climate deal uh, that will also get operationalized. After two weeks of high-profile dialogue, lofty speeches and last-minute bargaining, it is difficult to state that the world is headed in the right direction. But what is clear is that we have a small window to act to limit any future climate crisis. If you want to read more analysis and feature articles on climate change, head over to the Quince website. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.